everybody, what is up? And welcome into a special Empty Your Q today. Uh, my name is Dustin, and with me is Cameron. As always. As always. And uh, today, we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of The Shining. 40 years old. Forty it turned 40 years old this weekend. It's uh, still cited as one of the scariest and most influential horror movies of all time really influential in like that alt horror genre absolutely like it's not like jump scares it's a lot more psychological it's a lot of like dread and suspense yeah you're you feel trapped you do get like some scary things but they're not like the traditional jump scare like swell of music and something pops out of you this is more like most people know it i think yeah i was listening i've seen the shining if not um spoiler alert most likely i yeah i guess yeah i guess heavy spoilers for the shining yeah about to happen it's i think it's like three bucks to rent it on amazon right now you would probably be better served just to buy it because probably like 10 bucks and it's fantastic it's worth owning yeah uh but quick rundown if you haven't seen it basically um jack nicholson is a a writer who takes his family takes on a winter job of managing a hotel the Overlook Hotel. It's up in Colorado, and he takes his family. It's the three of them. It's him, his wife, and their son, Danny. Yeah. The wife is Wendy. He's five. Danny, I believe, is five or six, yeah. He's like five in the book, I think. So he's like they're, five or yeah, six. Yeah, their young son, Danny, and they go to this hotel. And He's going to be the, the wintertime caretaker? Yeah, so it's just the three of them, and... It, that's it. It's, they're up there they're in the just hotel, hanging out in this hotel, and cabin fever. Take care of it. But hey, guess what? The last guy who uh, did this happened, actually went crazy and killed his family. Happened to kill his entire family. So, or he's like one of not the last one, but like one of the old caretakers that did it. Hey, like not to be not to be concerned here, but one of the caretakers uh, hacked up his entire family with an axe before killing himself. Uh, but you know, it's, no, it's all good. Not a big deal. So. You we'll need the job, later. right? We're good. And I, I think, of course, we all know kind of the conspiracy theories behind The Shining. Yeah. Or this, maybe we'll get into those later. I mean, we can launch into it now. So it was made by Stanley Kubrick. So Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing because that was a fake. And he directed it. And the way he let us know was there's various patterns throughout the movie and various stickers that disappear and reappear with insignias of nasa and other things like that and the danny panel. wears a shirt no, I'm just kidding i don't actually <laughs> yeah so i think we landed on the moon so, i'm gonna at least give us that credit it's all we have um so, so yeah <laughs> one of the popular theories on this movie is that it's stanley kubrick admitting that he faked the moon landing for yeah. nasa and for the government and like cameron said there's a lot of so the pattern of the rug that danny's rolling down if you've ever watched the movie room 237 it's a pretty extensive rundown of all the conspiracy theories and kind of weird out there theories about the shining. Yeah. Um, but one is that Stanley Kubrick is the one who directed the faking of the moon landing. And this was him like admitting it, trying to admit it and get the guilt out. And the carpet that was installed in it was like this. It's resembling of the, uh, the takeoff, like the various takeoff ports for mm-hmm. the, uh, space shuttles. That from which the uh, Apollo 11? Yeah, I believe it was Apollo 11. Yeah. Um, took off from in Cape Canaveral or whatever. Like, however, there are mm-hmm. the little stations for which the space shuttle takes off. A, if it, an aerial view of that is resembling the rug 
that Danny's riding down when he sees the sisters in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a, I forget the cartoon or sticker that he has on his door that disappears and comes back. And when it comes back, it has like a, a space helmet on and it's got NASA gear on and stuff. And it's like, there's a now the moon is in the distance behind the sticker. It's some crazy shit. It's some crazy minuscule stuff. Yeah, but he, it's like Danny himself wears a, like an Apollo Eleven shirt, shirt. almost the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, there's a couple other theories too. There's a theory that it's all about uh, the genocide of the Native Americans. That yeah, um, because the hotel is built on an Indian burial ground, and that the blood rising up uh, through the elevator, through the elevator is like the blood of the millions of innocent native americans that were slaughtered yeah. so so suffice to say this is a movie that in its 40 years has lent itself to just a ton of discussion and a ton of conspiracy theories it's one of those that everyone seems to have a different interpretation because on because of its director too like because of the movie's director we're talking of the movie right now we'll probably speak about the novel yeah that's true too. too but right now with the movie is kind of where the these conspiracy theories and various like yeah the influence on horror and things come from the book is dead and it's funny too because stanley kubrick hadn't done a horror movie before no and then just decided hey i want to do the shining i want to do a horror movie let's go yeah because he's got clockwork orange under his belt um dr strange love dr Str- yeah waterloo um, he's already cemented himself as one of the best directors yeah. working, and he decides he wants to foray into horror, and what better way to do that than with... 2001 A Space Odyssey, that's what I was forgetting. Than with uh, Stephen King's The Shining. Which, 2001 is pretty kind of... Like, it's spooky in the same way. A little way. spooky, too, yeah. But that... it's, it's, it's silent terror that it has during it is kind of the same thing he explores with The Shining, mm-hmm. too, is where you're just like you're caught in kind of this isolated you're alone you have nothing like what can you rely on amped yeah just yeah it's extremely claustrophobic and you're just terrified and there's nowhere you can go like with space (laughs) yeah with with you're just out there there's no there's nothing there's no contact there's no yeah no one's coming to save you with this family they're stuck in the middle of the nowhere in the middle of nowhere uh trapped by a blizzard in this haunted hotel. Right. Which manifests like the spirits of like this. Cause it also delves into like another thing is the hotel is kind of a being. Yeah. That's, and it's not touched on as much in the movie as it no, is in that's the book. The, that's what you're getting from the movie. Like when you watch it and this is what I was, cause we got into a text <laughs> uh, message when you started egging me on. It's true. Uh, with your trollish takes. <laughs> we'll get there in Which, a second. But so the movie is all the hotel is the monster. And you, once you enter it, it takes you over in a way it's able to possess you. And right. Now you've always been a part of that. And that's what the picture at the end is like, I guess to me or what it is, is that like this, this hotel eats you and you become a part of it. It is, yeah, you're that's just a part it. of its that's history now. Like that whole party is just this all-encompassing victim count at this point, and the ghosts that inhabit it and everything are like, though it's not the ghosts; those are just manifest manifestations of the evil of this hotel, and that's what you get throughout it with the woman who haunts the room, right? Two thirty-seven and the twins, the, the twins, and just the the various ghosts, if you will. The it. guy, uh, 
the guy with the bunny suit, the businessman, and the yeah, yeah, all so, those weird flashes you kind of get throughout too. Yeah, that's where I see, and and it's him, ta- Jack Nicholson, when he starts to lose it, is that's where you're getting to experience the hotel, like, and it's horrors. Right, you kind of it all starts it becomes, to really like, come to light. The character you can't really make a hotel a character in a movie, like in what 82 the shining i think is 83 and but either way like it you know you're not gonna have dumbass special effects where like the house is like morphing and something that's what he does with kind of 1980 oh 1980 sorry uh so so i guess we'll start well so this is one of the most beloved horror movies of all time super influential on the genre um pretty universally acclaimed by critics and audiences yeah but Stephen King, the author of the book, hates the hates movie. this movie. I'm like hated Stanley Kubrick. Hated Stanley Kubrick. Hates this movie, and hates hates it to the point that he funded partially and wrote the script for a TV miniseries adaptation. I think in the on like the, USA the 2000s, was, like the NBC. early 2000s. Yeah, he was like, no, we got to do it more more true to the book here, and he does it true to the book, and the miniseries was terrible. So it's so funny because I I had never read the book before. I'd always seen the movie. So I decided to read the book a couple months back because I always I had it, but I never read it. And all you can think about reading it is is Jack Nicholson and and Shelley Duvall. And you can picture the things from the movie so clearly in the descriptions. But the thing that that made Stephen King so mad was that move. That book is super personal to him about his like i guess his alcoholism and all these issues he was having at the time so he wrote this book about, like about confronting it all essentially and his maximum overdrive his confronting cocaine yeah it's partially his, his <laughs> cocaine well there's like eight books that are confronting his cocaine yeah he confronts a lot in his books but um he was upset that what is it what is he confronting in that uh, he might just be Does confronting he want to eat children reality in general with it because the it gets wild yeah but no, he um he was really upset Didn't because he write a book about a dude that like kills someone who tries to kill him, and then the dude who like ran him over died like very soon after that book came out or something, and it's like he wrote that dude's death almost allegedly, kind of. I have no idea. It's spooky stuff. Look into that. Huh. Okay. Stephen King theory theory he, corner here. Yeah. Uh, but no, he was really mad because he didn't think that maybe the, he has mystical powers. I wouldn't be surprised. Like that would be probably the least surprising author to find out unless like jk rowling's an actual witch i could like harry potter style like Like wizard yeah i wanted to say witch but yeah wizards probably yeah but so yeah stephen king didn't think that stanley kubrick with casting jag nicholson and shelly duvall and everything he didn't think that it did the characters justice to how he wrote them um he was upset because he thought jack nicholson basically just seemed like a man on the edge of a breakdown from the get-go. Whereas the book, it's a little more of a slow burn, like you're in his thoughts a lot. He's a recovering alcoholic, and he had this incident when drunk where he broke Danny's arm. And it's a big point of the book where he continually feels judged by Wendy, and Wendy's kind of like, do I regret staying with him and doing that? Like in her head, too. And I mean, obviously that stuff you get from the from the book because you can read people's, like, perspectives and voiceovers and stuff they didn't do that a lot in the movie but it pissed him off you do get it though with the performance between wendy and jack like uh, at least i think i think the 
questioning of their relationship is there from the beginning as she's with the therapist and talking about Danny's issues and what he's dealing with. And I think they had like the whole plan of the trip in the movie almost seems like a couple trying to save their marriage. He's like, like, Hey, let me take this job where it's just us and we can be a family. Yeah. It can be family time for us. And then, you know, unfortunately he wanders into the evilest place on earth. Yeah. Essentially when it's, when it's it's shut down for the winter, (laughs) like, Hey, it's cool when it's a vacation resort in the middle of the Colorado Hills. But as soon as we take three months off in the winter, becomes this sinister, evil yeah. hellhole, like this this portal to some demon world. And it's, <laughs> it's funny too because there's a couple of like iconic things from the movie, the that, blood elevator that weren't in the book, and it's like things that Kubrick changed, and it it kind of works out nicely. So like the, the one of the big ones is the big. Like, or not the big, but like he uses an axe. Like when he yeah. finally goes crazy and starts terrorizing everybody, he uses an axe in the movie. He's chopping things down. He's, he's well, hacking he, doors. He gets the, he gets out of the, uh, they lock him in the, the freezer. lock-in freezer and, um, well, the spirits let him out of the lock-in freezer and then he, because the house is so evil at this point. Yeah. Feasting he, off of him. He gets, cause he's totally relapsed. Oh yeah, the 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 place supplies him with so much alcohol, with demon booze. Yeah, that that demon moonshine just yeah. gets harder. So uh, he gets an axe, takes out Scatman Carruthers, then goes after who's the like man. the only cavalry. Yeah, he like, and we we haven't broken down the whole movie because assuming people have seen it, but yeah. Danny the son, his issues are basically he has psychic powers. Yeah. And he builds a connection that's with the shining. That's the, yeah, that's what he, that's what, uh, Scatman Crothers calls it. Cause he also has the shining. He's the older chef at the hotel. Yeah. And he goes on his break and he's like, but Hey, you call me if you need anything. Okay. You use that shining of yours. And he you call uses me. the shining to go into Danny's brain and is like, Hey, Hey, I understand. We're like, the same. I'm getting some bad vibes from this place about your dad. Yeah. Like, let's, let's stay in, keep in touch if you need me. Okay. And then the, the twins show themselves and, and it just, yeah, it goes from bad to worse. And so he calls Scatman Carruthers and they make such a big, like he, he's on his way. He's coming. He's going to save the day. Boom. Ax to the spine. No, it's to the chest. He's, Oh, I thought it was from behind. No, no, I'm thinking he's hiding behind a pillar. You know what? And Scatman Carruthers walking in and he's like, hello. And then he hauls it. You just see him come running out. He's like, yeah, digs the chest uh the axe into his chest and just takes him out and then i think he hits him another time and then that's when he's wandering around and you cut to uh i believe it's wendy waking up mm-hmm. and he's red rum red rum and yeah. then he busts through with the axe and they start she starts screaming and she goes in the bathroom and he cuts his hand and then they go out the window and you know the rest i'm definitely thinking of the simpsons spoof because oh. I think Homer comes out and hits groundskeeper Willie in the back. I think so. I yeah, I'm definitely getting so away. yeah. But uh, he he catches him right in the chest. Uh, but yeah, and, and that's a big thing because in the book it's a mallet. Yes, it's a cro- it, it's a croquet mallet. In the book, he just brutally brutally assaults uh, the caretaker uh, Halloran and um, Wendy with this croquet mallet. Yeah, 
And like by the end of the book, like they're both alive but seriously messed up. Seriously injured, yeah. And uh like as, Wendy is injured six months after still. Yeah, it's like the epilogue and she's still recovering. Yeah. And the hotel drives is trying to convince Danny to come with it. They want him for his powers and stuff. And so they're trying to use the dad as the the vessel for that. And the dad's like finally trying to fight it. Jack Torrance is like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. So the hotel completely takes over. And in the book, he smashes his own face in with the mallet as well. And yeah. just becomes like a mangled and monster. At that point, he kills himself. So the hotel takes over. Yeah, exactly. He becomes like the perfect vessel. He's all hotel all the time. Yeah. But that was one big switch. Another big switch is the the, uh, the big hedge maze in the book seems to come to life. And then yes. at the end, it does come to life. Yeah. Like Danny's always like, it looks like that, that hedge moved. Like it, it was in a different stance or it was in a different spot. Like what would you have done if if that was one of the things Kubrick had kept was like the 19... 80s effects of the hedges chasing after <laughs> I think that changes the movie completely and definitely takes you out of a like deep psychological trance at that point yeah absolutely <laughs> um but this is yeah this is a movie of a lot of iconic scenery image images uh, moments um, so I guess, I guess we should probably just break down a little bit on, on what stands out so clear to us. Like when I say the shining, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Blood elevator. Okay. Over the here's Johnny through the yeah. door. Okay. The blood elevator is always kind of stuck with me. Um, Cause I think hedge maze, the, the, the flash scene of the girls murdered, like the twins murdered. Yeah. Where you get that, like where Danny's first instance of seeing them dead. Um, the red rum scene. Mm-hmm. Him red rum, red rum. Yeah, that. I think of the hedge maze and I think of the typewriter. Oh yeah, all work and no play make Jack a dull boy. Those are the first two things that come to mind. And I but remember. Do you think of this Simpsons spoof in regards to that? No. Give me the bat march. Give me the bat march. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Homer, even... you're being crazy. Don't mind if <laughs> I do. Yeah, and then he just scares himself and falls down the. Yeah. <laughs> That's really one of the best Simpsons spoofs, the Treehouse of Horror of The yeah, Shining. Yeah, I think it's definitely. in like the first or second Treehouse of Horror too. I think so. Uh, so if you haven't seen that too, let's let's get a quick plug in. Disney Plus has all of the seasons of oh, The Simpsons. Oh, a quick plug! Like we're getting paid for that. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the only place you can get all the Simpsons seasons outside of buying every single DVD pack is getting disney plus but season, which is how they got me it's like season one or two and it's the tree it's like one of the first trios of horrors yeah so i highly recommend that but back to the shine back to the actual shining full of iconic stuff um full of iconic performances well not really because there's only like six people in the entire movie yes um but everyone pretty much batting a thousand um but the thing i wanted to talk about was shelly duvall in particular because she had probably the worst experience that someone could have while making a movie. Yes. Yeah. And this is kind of one of those things that really, when you talk about um, Stanley Kubrick, it's kind of rough to be like, Oh, you know, he's this great director, blah, blah, blah. But then not realize that he was a fucking, you can't gloss over like a menace, like yeah. Alfred Hitchcock levels of menace. on Absolutely. the Absolutely. So basically what he would do is he, he would as a filmmaking genius. He would purposely 
try to make Shelley Duvall as mad as possible before scenes. he was trying to drive her crazy. He, yeah, he wanted to get the he wanted like the actual exasperation that he thought Wendy should be feeling. Yeah, so he would do f- up to fifty takes of something or more just to use the forty eighth or forty ninth because he wanted her to have that specific tired look. Yeah, and like, like worn out, can't take this anymore. And it's funny because there's tons of behind the scenes pictures of him and Jack Nicholson like having a beer, hanging out, doing all that. And then you hear about this horrible treatment and you're like, oh, this kind of just doesn't make it any better. Like, this oh, is a dude, worse. Uh, well, like, beyond that, I mean, Jack Nicholson isn't probably the most shining example of he's just kept it low key. But oh, I mean, yeah, he was really good friends with Roman Polanski during that. You know, right. I just I wonder like <laughs> that rough time in that poor woman that Roman Polanski raped life. <laughs> I just I don't know It's just funny to me Because I can't picture Robin Jack Nicholson Polanski. Doing 50 takes of anything Uh yeah I, I could I'd, then Because I mean dude Like again He'd work with Roman Polanski In Chinatown And right That's Chinatown mm-hmm. Roman Polanski And Cuckoo's Nest And Cuckoo's Nest And I mean I He seemed like a Down for whatever type actor As long as like you know, as long as the checks cleared and he yeah. got that drink after, yeah, yeah. So as you said, he was like getting drinks with Kubrick. Yeah, and they're just hanging out, and then like it's just sad to see that and think about like. In the meantime, Shelley Duvall's career is never the same because she literally just kind of has a breakdown because yeah. of all of this treatment yeah. and the way that he like he, he basically treats her. ruined her career. And it's just yeah, it's it's tough. It's a it's a tough lens to watch the movie through. Yeah, because like you're seeing. It almost feels like you're seeing like her an, actually an be breakdown. terrorized. Yeah, it's like you're, you're watching someone, this person actually get like what what Wendy down. would have have happened to her afterwards. Like maybe she's not actually being threatened with an axe by someone, but like you're watching this this actual mental breakdown, and I think that's probably why when it came out and people weren't so privy to you know the the production. I'm sure that people were like, oh, my God, how did they get this performed? Like, Shelley Duvall is incredible. This is amazing. Yeah. And then you kind of start to, over the years, like, as the movie garners more acclaim and has more influence, you kind of realize, like, oh, he really tortured this poor woman into this performance. Like, how do we feel about it? And I don't know. It's just one of those things that it kind of goes hand in hand. Like, you bring up The Shining, you kind of have to bring up the fact that, that he literally gave Shelley Duvall a mental breakdown. Yeah. I mean, after this, she does go on to do movies at least, but it's not good. It's just a, it's Popeye and a couple other things, right? Like she does Popeye the same year. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's on LA law, (laughs) but yeah, it's like Roxanne. She's in Roxanne with uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah. Frank and weenie. It's a short. Sorry. Oh, she was in the short version? Okay. Yeah. Was she in the film that they made? She's also in Time Bandits. <laughs> but, yeah. But at the time, she was, like, a super, in like, rising actress. It, yeah. It'd be like like if... Three uh, women, Annie Hall. If, like... She's on Beretta. If Ari Aster turned out to be a monster and, like, drove Florence Pugh to insanity. Yeah. And we never got to see, like, and Florence Pugh just spent the rest or of her career Or if, like, the reason making... Daniel Day-Lewis quit acting was because Paul Thomas Anderson was so crazy. He exactly. He drove him to madness. Exactly. He actually started poisoning himself for <laughs> the Phantom Thread. Exactly. It's, <laughs> and it's just like that. Like, it's like, nowadays that type of thing would never happen. Because, like, David O. Russell used to get 
you know, he had similar like intense working conditions. And then videos started coming out of actors and actresses, like, like not physically, but like arguing with him to the point of like, they're like, all right, yeah, see ya. I'm done. I'm out on this. Like this is not. And so he's got kind of a reputation as being a bit of a prick on his sets too. But it's just, it doesn't happen to this extent. I think as, as Kubrick did, I think times are just too different now. But it's insane to think about, like, what if that happened today? Like, if there was a director that did that. Chloe's saving it. Saving his career was kind of shot to crap by that one director that she filleted on. Oh, yeah. For Brown Bunny. Yeah, Vincent Gallo. Vincent Gallo, yeah. yeah. She ended up, like, getting the brunt end of that and having her career shot on more than him. Yeah, he, they were like, oh, okay, what a filmmaker. But then after a while, it was like, oh, he sucks. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like, oh, that movie wasn't very so good anyways. Yeah. But yeah, she. I mean, she's gotten a little bit more work now too, with like TV roles and stuff. Yeah, she's she's figured in a few American Horror Story seasons, stuff like that. But, yeah. But yeah, she was definitely kind of a similar. Uh, but not to bring the uh, the overall discussion too far down here. I just I, it just popped in. Well, my you head, know, The like, Shining is a downer, so it's it just, just yeah, bring, it, it just it's the hotel bringing out the evil in us. It just popped into my head, like, what if that happened now? Like, what? What if a director did that to a young actress now? Like, oh fuck, that, man! It'd that be would over. Be, yeah, no. Uh, I guess I'll. I'll <laughs> Florence Pugh. That'd be so terrible. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's Florence, like, it's like no, not Florence Pugh. Was, oh god. I was gonna say Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> yeah. but then I was like, Florence but Pugh is even. Jennifer newer, Lawrence like, end up dating. Uh, what's his name during Mother or something? Or were they dating when she went into? Were they together? Or something? They were together during that movie. Okay. After. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. So that's why I was. And like, that seems like a a terrifying set to be on. <laughs> mother set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just at least disturbing. I. But yeah. So Florence Pugh was the one oh, that came that to Russell mind. Russell Wilson. Because because uh, it's just yeah it's one of those like it's an up and coming young actress it's. It's all said he donated a hundred thousand meals. We're watching the we're watching Tom Brady not to date this, but the Tom Brady (laughs) is happening right now. Uh, Tom Brady's playing golf with Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Uh, I feel like Tiger Woods should actually be first in all of that. Yeah, they're Tiger Woods out here crushing balls. We're watching Tiger Woods play golf with a bunch of old white men. Yeah, essentially. But Phil Mickelson on this last hole just got it like within a couple feet he's almost yeah he's was, almost there it was real good uh but oh, anyway russell wilson donated a hundred thousand meals somewhere three hundred thousand meals russell oh. wilson anyways back to the shining to, to kind of put a bow on this um would you call this stanley kubrick's masterpiece like is this his number one for you if say i didn't know movies or say you meet someone Damn, you that wanted doesn't... to end this quickly and you got into that wow that's... No, it's. I'm not trying to. I'm just saying. Like, would so, you? So, no. Okay. I love Doctor Strangelove. Doctor okay. Strangelove is to me his like, from front front to back, mm-hmm. perfect. Everything. It's hilarious. It's fun. It's dramatic. It's tense. It's like All fifteen Peter Sellers performances. Oh man, and Peter Sellers is knocking it out of the fucking park throughout that whole movie. Um, it's relevant throughout time. Yeah, it's really, really been like it's just this great ticking clock doomsday movie that you can really just tap into at any moment in history and be like, I just feel this right now, man. You know, like this is right now. The, yeah, the, exactly. The clock, it's like it just feels like the doomsday clock is always ticking all the time. Like that's the great thing about Watchmen as a book too. Like no matter where you yeah. read that or what time 
moment in time. If you're someone who's kind of a, a you know, a little worried, if you're a little worry ward about the fate of the world and you just kind of love these stories that make you feel comfort with the doomsday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cause see, I would oh, say... Oh, they see it my way. I think <laughs> Clockwork Orange. Okay. Because I think it's become even more... All right. More prescient with like talks on violence and censorship and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's also one of the first ones I actually saw, which is a little probably dark to have been like that, 12, 13 years old watching that. But that was, I think, the first. No, I saw The Shining first. The Shining okay. was the first one for me. The Shining is probably top three for me horror movies i think i said that i think it was like yeah, halloween this is definitely the, Descent, the shining um and then i forget the other two but texas chainsaw massacre and hellraiser i think maybe but well now yeah yeah we'll get to that on another episode but no this i think it's really important just in his filmmaking history of you see the change and what he ends up doing kind of with eyes wide shut later um mm-hmm. and uh full metal jacket because full metal jacket he does after right? that's right yeah i do really like full metal because full, full metal jacket is a really haunting movie um that's up there too for me actually i would probably put that in a top three for the, me the end of it is kind of you the first like hour of that movie is probably the best filmmaking ever but then he just doesn't land it really well it just kind of yeah it goes off the rails a little bit um yeah and like just him trying to make this point about the vietnam war kind of goes off the rails a little bit with them killing this like child soldier sniper you know and all yeah like gets a little matthew modine modine yeah matthew modine is you know changes him (laughs) <laughs> he sees uh, the horror like, hey. yeah so he only he made after the shining he made full metal jacket and eyes wide shut and yeah that was it. and that's yeah you see those in those last two movies like so, that's you kind of see the deviance in his personality almost from like, that yeah from, from that, that on yeah and i wonder if that's just because he was so interested in that or he was so eyes wide shut is a f- fucked up one like that one had that's a whole other one that you can really pick apart and see things that he's trying to say subtext that's involved in like, yeah, whatever world there is that exists outside of mine, because I'm just a poor regular person. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, the I'm rich, a, I'm just a poor not the rich sex orgy party, like having person. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I'm not in that level. <laughs> is there not that rich? Is, <laughs> is there I'm not that bored with my life and my loved one? You know, that I need to like get involved with these weird cult sex parties <laughs> to bring it back to to The Shining. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to? How do you think you would take it? What would you do if I was? Do you Jack? think you'd be able to handle it? Like if I was, if I was Jack Torrance, like, like if you're sitting there, you're kind of you're cooped up. You're feeling all like right now we're in quarantine. You're cooped up with your family. It's been rough. You know, you're just having to deal with your family and, and you're just like fuck man and then and then you have this one vice that you've quit the you know that this you, one you've vice given up pounding that, that really, alcohol 
that to really no end made a difference in your life for i guess not being a shithead but not really because you broke your son's arm yeah so you're just this rage monster <laughs> i'm either a rage up. monster or a violent drunk rage monster yeah so you decide to go violent drunk rage monster would you be able to fight it do you think are you book jack torrance or are you movie Jack Torrance? Because he never redeems himself. Like, in either, he does he, not. Well, no, he tries to kill himself in a redeeming way before the hotel takes over his body totally. like He's, he's, he's too far gone at that point, though. No, but he's, like, he's trying to kill himself in a way thinking he's going to do something heroic. Right. But in no way does it do anything heroic. It just, he, the house takes him over completely. Oh, we also forgot and a key thing. at that point, they've... The boiler. Uh, the boiler yeah. room. Uh, at that point, one of them, I think it's Danny, has like loosened up something in the boiler room, or they've set up the boiler room to burst, and it's this whole trap. Well, that it's because he set didn't up. release it. Like you have to release yeah. the boiler every couple. Yeah, that's it. And they don't release the boiler on time. No, nope. the place just goes up. And in the book, the hotel burns down in the end. It, yeah, like explodes. Yeah, and Jack, or no, no, Jack dies long he kills himself he kills himself long before yeah the the husk that was jack torrance that is inhabited with the hotel and everything dies uh scatman crothers is not killed uh which is uh jim o'halloran what's his name yeah hallow halloran halloran yeah okay and uh he's not killed and wendy and danny they live and they all leave and kind of start a new life together as friends. He, yeah, he becomes a chef somewhere else and yeah. kind of like keeps tabs on keeps him. Keeps tabs with the shining and everything. And- um, but, but to your point, I don't think I would have a chance because it okay. seems like the hotel is just pure evil. And when now, you- do you think you'd succeed? In what? Killing your family. I guess. I mean. Okay. I, I can't. Imagine so like is everything exactly the same? I'm just Jack. No, no, yeah, you're just I'm just yeah. Jack. And Do you I'm just think you have in. a little, but you kind of like. No. So I have a kid with The Shining. Yeah, I have a wife who already low key hates me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know then because The Shining is kind of what what throws things off. Okay. I doubt that the other caretaker that axed his family. I doubt any of what those kids. What if you're you with the knowledge of The Shining, of the movie and book, and you're dropped in the real life setting? Page master style. I of I would like to think that I could hold out and do it and fight it because I know the keys to it. I would like to think that as soon Maybe as I got dropped go in, into room two thirty seven. I'd be like, okay, don't go into the room two thirty seven. Straight to the boiler. Let's blow it up and let's go. Yeah, I don't need a job. Oops, I blew up. <laughs> I don't need a job this badly. There I know, we go. I know okay. how this ends. Yeah, if we stay. I might just say no, but like if I don't get a choice to say no to the job. But you have a chance to axe your family and start a new life. I don't, though, because my new life is just be uh, possessed by the hotel and just absorbed into it. Eh, I'd rather. No, I seemed like it was a lifelong party in there. Do you what? Would you just snap and axe everybody? Well, I think, as I said, kind of sounds like you're leaning towards you axe everybody and enjoy party life in the hotel. It's just a big party life in the hotel. You want to just be in that hotel for the rest of time? If it's just a party, if it's a New Year's party all the time, you're just locked in a New Year's party all the time. It kind of sucks. Does it? No one can party all the time. Are you partying? champagne. Are you partying all the time right now in quarantine? No, but it's a party all the time if you can make it. You could make this a party all the time. That's fair. I'm just saying, I 
<clears throat> if I'm dropped in with all the knowledge of the the Shining as a property, as a book, and as a movie, I would like to hope that I would have a better <laughs> strategy than let me just play it by ear and see. It. Like I would like to think I would go straight to the boiler room, okay, and blow that thing up, or just lock all the, the doors. The boiler room isn't even explored in the movie. No, and the hotel is still standing, and he's just a part of it by the end of the movie. Yes, yeah, by the end of the movie, he's a part of the hotel. The hotel low key kind of wins. One other thing too. Is the book doesn't really feature a hedge maze? Yeah, there. It's like a, it's a, uh, an indoor garden type of thing that yeah. has these uh, shrubbery animal things that come to life. And I chase forget them. what they're called technically. Hedge, hedge. No, there's a actual term. It's on the because I okay. You read the book recently. Yes, I read the book in eighth grade. Yes, and I have not read the book since then because I saw the movie first, then read the book, or it's like seventh grade or so. Either way, I read the book after seeing the movie and was like. What was that shit? <laughs> a croquet mallet? A croquet mallet? Like that's not as scary as an axe. I like, and he like they axe blow is up so the much scarier. And no, it was just weak. Like it's less. Yeah, no, an axe is a lot more tal- terrifying than a croquet mallet. Like, I don't know, man. One axe to the chest and you're gone. Croquet mallet, you can like really get. Yeah, but if like you catch throw something at them, like you might knock it out of their hands. Uh, you're just as lucky with an axe. Uh, that still has the axe end, so they could probably hit it and like stop it with the axe. Well, it's a croquet mallet. It's literally made to hit things. Uh, it's made to hit little balls, little like ten pound balls, maybe five pound balls. Okay, but uh, the book. <laughs> um. Yeah. So 40th anniversary of the movie, The Shining. Uh, you can find it, like we said, on Amazon, or just buy it, order it, uh, watch it again. I'm sure it'll be on TV. Maybe not because it's Memorial Day weekend. Would you do it? Would you even do like? Would you take the job? Hell no. Okay. If I if I knew, like everything, if, like not you don't know anything about The Shining, and recently you become unemployed, and you find this job that's taking care of a hotel somewhere. Well, let's in the Colorado let's paint Mountains. a picture here because the reason he's unemployed is he assaults a student. He's a teacher that assaults a student. Yes. And at the same time he loses his job, his wife is doubting him because he's broken their young son's arm Arm. in a fit of alcoholic rage. And he decides, I'm going to become a writer. I'm going to write a play and I'm going to become a playwright. So I took this job to get us paid. We're going to go into the Colorado mountains and I'm going to write my play. Which like is the equivalent of being like, hey, we're under quarantine. Times are tough. I'm going to start a podcast. Babe, I'm going to start what? a band. Babe, this is it. Babe. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm a singer songwriter now. We just got to define our sound and then we'll be there. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. So it feels like once you put it in that type of context, it kind of like you get a little bit better of a sense of like the desperation he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I was in that exact set of circumstances, I'm sure I would probably be like any job, any port in a storm. Let's but like it's like, oh, by the way, the last guy that did this or like one of the last guys that did this went crazy and killed his family. And like most people can't really handle this job. I'd probably Just tell my it. wife. I'd be like, hey, you so this is what they back. said. Well, this is what they said. Should we do this? Like, you guys stay here and then I'll go or like, do how badly do we need this money? Do you think? Like, Because yeah. your... he just kind of keeps that to himself. He's like, yeah, well, uh, come on, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I. What about you? Would you? Probably take the job, take your family up Probably there, murder them all. Interested in the like becoming a I'm party? I'm like, oh, it's haunted. Uh, well, but you take your Let's family see. with you. I'll see. I'd give them the choice. I'd be like, look, this happened here. 
And that's kind of what I'm interested in. So I might be tapping into some of the more spookier stuff here. So I don't know if you guys want to come or not because the last time this happened, uh, homeboy chopped up the family. Last time someone took his family with him. He chopped up his twins. He chopped up a wife. Everybody getting chopped up. So So do you guys want to come? Invites open if you want. And they'll be like, no. Would you do it solely for the money too though? Like is kind of what I'm – you're hard up on a job. You need something. Would you – would you be like, yeah, I need the money pretty bad. I'll go to the murder hotel. Probably, yeah. Like if they were like in 1980, here's 10k, <laughs> just hang out for three months. It's like, yeah, yeah. If they were like, here's a hundred thousand totally. dollars today to go up just, to this. Better believe it. House on haunted hill. Win a million dollars for staying the night in this haunted ass insane asylum. Like it's a murder factory. Yes, one hundred percent. I will take. Give me my million dollars. You get it after. I'm going to survive. Okay. Because I don't believe in this stuff, so it can't touch me. And then it touches you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it touches you real bad. It touches me real hard, <laughs> real bad. Uh, so Tears my guts out and like hangs me with them or something. Check out The Shining. Um, let us, if you haven't seen it, if it's you have seen it. It's not brutal. It's really like, it's a There's deep flashes. psychological terror. There's like flashes of violence, but nothing to, like the, the blood elevator is the worst. Yeah. and it, But it's not it's not gory no like the blood elevator is just blood pouring out of an elevator you've probably seen it at this point in your life you've probably seen it made fun of even at this point yeah and it's just a flash um let us know too what you think like what what you would do in that situation are you a uh a stay-at-homer a take the family to the the hotel a go it alone yeah you let us know your strategy you want to get rid of your family yeah what's your what's your overlook strategy let us know um, you can What's find us. Strat? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the username just at Heffabrew. Heffabrew or um, Heffabrew.com. Heffabrew.com. All the writing. Dustin, you got the. Dustin's putting in work on Heffabrew.com. He's mat- pumping out articles like crazy. He's got a. It's like two well, or five three things. Five things for Tenant uh, that that are uh, interesting about the trailer just came out. Um, he's all about Denzel Washington's son. He wants, yeah, he really, be good. You know, it's, it looks pretty dope. And then, um, what's the other one? A couple other things. We have Nicolas Cage and Tiger King. Nicolas Cage and things Tiger King. Things we're excited King. about for that. Things we're excited, yep. We like to let you know what we're excited about. We just we just try to, you know, yeah. stir, the, stir the conversation, guide the conversation. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, hit us we're up We're trendsetters. Or uh, shoot us an email. We we're, have, inf- we're influencers. We have uh, the movie mailbag at gmail.com. We do parties. You can We you do can, parties yeah, we'll, and events. <laughs> You can hit us up at themoviemailbag.com. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for, for subscribing wherever you get podcasts. Um, have a safe Memorial Day. And we will uh, we will be back. Enjoy The Shining. Enjoy it for Memorial Day. <laughs> 40th anniversary, man. Yeah. Come on. Maybe we should do, like, a Memorial Day episode after this. I don't know. And then maybe. people can listen. It could be a part two. Oh, maybe.